Hello and welcome to On Air with Elk River Treatment Program for Teens, the residential program of Pinnacle Behavioral Health. I'm Selena Mason, the Director of Marketing and Outreach. Today we welcome Amy Moore, Clinical Coordinator for Elk River Treatment Program. Thank you, Amy, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Thank you for having me. So can you talk to me about, or talk to parents out there that are listening, about how do they know when it's time to consider a residential placement or an intervention like residential? That's a great question. Uh, I think that's a, a parent's hardest decision um, is having to decide that we really need some bigger outside help. Um, you know, definitely when uh, a kid is starting to show signs of just not managing life in in the most productive way, you want to reach out to those basic resources uh, or not basic, but first level resources of, you know, an outpatient therapist, an outpatient psychiatrist, um, depending on what the behaviors are or, or the intensity, you know, you may need to look at maybe an intensive outpatient program um, where they're going to group a few times a week. But when kids really start to become unsafe, um, when those behaviors continue to increase despite the attempts, um, or maybe even um, you try to get them into those first level uh, of defense, so to speak, of outpatient care, and they refuse to participate. Um, those would all be times that it is time to go to a higher level um, where they're going to be surrounded by therapy um, and, and have you know staff available to them who's going to be able to keep them safe, keep them supervised, but then also they're going to have regular access to treatment to start working on those issues and figuring out what's going on underneath all that. So they don't need to be looking for something like a summer camp, right? They need to be looking for a therapeutic. Yes, you definitely want to have the therapeutic aspect to it. Um, no, it is not uh, a time to be looking for camp and fun and games. Um, you want a program that focuses on the therapy, focuses on the behavior, and there's a different you know varieties of doing that. But you know we take a very minimalistic approach in that. We don't have a lot of distractions out at the program. Um, everything that they do out there is focused on the therapy. Every part of their day has some therapeutic component to it. Um, we don't have a lot of distractions of TV or things of that nature because we want kids to come in, get to work, figure things out, and, and get back to their family because that's where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, residential can be a longer-term thing, and some kids may need a longer time to be able to work through everything. But ideally, we want kids to come in and, and get to work so they can go back to having more productive lives in a safe manner. Going home, though, so so they they get to the campus or they get to a facility mm -hmm. and into a program that they make great progress. Parents make good progress as well. Mm -hmm. How can they solidify those gains once they get home? Yeah, the discharge planning is probably one of the most vital parts of a client's treatment. Um, yes, the work that they do in the program with us is the foundation. But if you don't continue to build on that foundation when they get home, then things can start to fall apart. And so, and it's just as vital with what the parents do as what, you know, the child does. And so we actually have our parents start discharge planning from the beginning. Um, our clients move through different stages of the program and they have different assignments that they work on at those different stages. Uh, and the parents have assignments too. They have their own homework. And at each one, it's, it's fine tuning that discharge plan. Um, and so first and foremost, looking at who's going to be that individual therapist, our recommendation is that every child continues on with individual therapy when they go home. And so who's going to be that individual therapist? Um, you typically want someone who has um, a background in 
family systems um, and has a background in trauma as well. Um, you know, we at the program view trauma in a, a broad spectrum. And so um, having someone that has an experience in that is beneficial. Um, when you say family systems, can you explain that? Yeah. So they just do that family work. So they know how families interact with each other and, and that it's not just one person's problem to be fixed, that it's everybody working together for the betterment of the family. Um, and so they know how to work with the family as a whole. They also know how to work with clients individually, but then they know how to bring it together and address everything within the family. Um, and then depending on your child's behaviors, you know, being able to find someone that maybe has more of a background with substance use is always a good thing. And so you can tailor it from there, but having an individual therapist with a basic background in family and trauma work is a good start. Um, if your child is on any kind of medication, you want to make sure you have a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Um, it's really important that their child and adolescent because meds uh, interact differently in kids than they do in adults. And so not that you know, a psychiatrist that works with adults couldn't do it, but the child and adolescent psychiatrist is going to be more up to date on the research and um, what is best addressed, you know, for kids in, in regards to medication. Well, that's why we have pediatricians. Exactly. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Their bodies and their brains just function differently, especially as they continue to develop. So we want to make sure we're addressing that appropriately. Um, so some other pieces to think about. Um, it's not just that, but being able to look at sometimes a client needs to step down slowly from residential and step down into something called a partial hospitalization program. And that's typically a day long treatment where they would go and they'd be there from about eight to four and then they spend the night at home. Um, we do, uh, with certain insurances, have a PHP portion of our program, um, and so we can look at doing that with some of our families, um, and they, you know, would remain boarding with us. And so we address that with each parent on an individualized family basis. But um, if for some reason they can't do it with us, then finding a PHP program close to them is beneficial. Looking at a PHP program um, or sometimes just going to what's called an intensive outpatient program or an IOP program. Um, and that's typically a group therapy session, a few hours uh, a day, a few days a week. And again, uh, for some of our local families, um, we have an IOP program, so we would look to see if that continuity of care would be beneficial in support of those families. Um, so those are the basic therapeutic aspects that we want to look at when doing discharge planning. I would assume structure is important. Structure is very important. And so um, part of the kids' assignments when they're working through the program is creating a home safety plan. And in that home safety plan is them creating a daily schedule and working with their family to create that daily schedule. Part of what we do at the program is uh, reconfiguring a client's day. Most kids, when they get to us, have their days and nights mixed up. They're sleeping all day and they're up all night. And so we get them up at the same time every single day. They have breakfast the same time every day. They have lunch the same time every day, dinner, they get their meds, so on and so forth. Um, and they go to bed basically the same time each night. And so they're getting a certain amount of sleep each night. They're having structure throughout the day, um, and that helps with having a more productive day, but also a more productive sleep. Um, so they are physically active during the day, and they are ready for bedtime, and so their sleep is going to be much more productive. Um, but also because we've got that structure um, and we've got that preparation for bedtime, it also prepares the body for sleep too. But prior to coming to us, their sleep and their days are all kinds of mixed up, um, and that's just not healthy for our bodies and our brain's development and our brain's healing. Um, and so being able to get them on a regular eating schedule, getting 
good calories in and good, you know, healthy fats and carbs and all the things that their bodies need to function. Um, so we have, you know, three meals a day and two snacks a day, um, having that scheduled eating. A lot of times it's all over the place. And so, um, obviously, you know, at home families can't be as strict and as structured as we are, but you can still have that regular time up time to bed. Um, Limiting access to social media is really important um, or even just screen time as a whole. You know, screen time is kind of the it's saying when you're talking about little kids, um, but it's just as vital for adolescents as well. Um, You have a trauma brain or an ADHD brain and you put a screen that's moving. I don't even know what the number is, but they move really fast. Those screens, Um, it keeps that brain stimulated. And so it's hard for them to calm down at night and be able to relax at night. And so, um, you know, having the agreement that, you know, an hour before bedtime, we're going to shut off, you know, at the very least looking at the phone. And maybe just sitting as a family and watching TV, but not having that screen close to their eyes and allowing that brain to start to calm down. Um, Not having phones at the dinner table, having time at the dinner table. You know, that is uh, not necessarily a thing of the past, but doesn't happen as much. Families are on the go. And um, but that regularly family time, even if you don't do it every night, um, but a couple meals a week of having dinner time together is just so important to have that communication, check in with each other, see how everybody's doing. Um, And so using your structure of your daily schedule can help build all those things in. Is that part of creating boundaries as well? Does that tie into boundaries? It can, definitely, of what of our expectations are in our home, um, what are our boundaries in our home as far as um, when is family time, when is, you know, quiet personal time, um, and, and being able to set those limits is going to be really important. And again, for each family, it's going to look different, and we work with our families to figure that out because the important part with boundaries or any expectation is can you follow through with it? Right. Um, you know, may have a nice idea of this is what we're going to do, but maybe in reality that's just not going to work for you guys. So let's be realistic about how you guys can set up communication, have healthy boundaries with each other, Um and just build more positive skills moving forward. So you have a plan mm-hmm. or the child comes up with a plan and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the parents agree or they modify it or whatever. Yep. They work but, together on it. Right. And then say something's not really working out. I mean, do you have family meetings once a week? I mean, is it important to do that, to reevaluate? I'm not saying to negotiate. That's not my point. As a parent, I know that I have flown off the handle and and put something way too strict that even I couldn't adhere to, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's hard to back down because I'm like, I said that's what I was going to do. Now what do I do? You know, is there a day or once a week or every other day or a a check-in that's recommended? Yeah, so having a a quick family meeting once a week I think is beneficial, whether it's, you know, at the start of the week, the end of the week. I always like the idea of it doing it at the start of the week because you can plan your week ahead, look back on what just happened and how'd that last week go for us. Um, You know, what changes do we need to make and, and what are we looking forward to in the week ahead? And again, with scheduling or building in that family time, following through with consequences, you know, being able to have those conversations, but also looking at that family plan, what's working for us, what's not. Because hopefully what's happening is when your child first comes home, it's going to be really strict and tight boundaries um, because they've got to come back and build that trust up. And so hopefully as they build that trust up, which is about you being able to take a risk with your child is what trust is. We like to associate trust with love, but 
has nothing to do with love, but everything with me being willing to take a risk with you. And so as I'm more willing to take a risk with my child, hopefully I can ease up on those boundaries a little bit, give them a little bit more space and a little bit more freedom. Um, And so, yeah, you want to be assessing that on a a regular basis. In regards to what you were saying, sometimes you come in a little too hot with the consequences. Um, It's okay to be able to come back um, and say that to your kid, you know, and, but I would recommend having a plan of maybe what the change is going to be. So it's not just, yeah, I messed up on that. That was too much. We're going to ignore it, but this is what I've decided is more natural and logical. This is what we're going to do, you know, instead. Um, and I think that actually really builds that communication up that builds that relationship. Um, I've learned when working with the teenagers that, uh, they can smell if I'm not being honest. They know it. Like a horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've just got that sense. And so they really appreciate it. And there have been times I've had to come back and say, you know what? I didn't approach that right. I didn't say that the right way. Or you know what? I thought in my head that was a really good plan and that was going to work, but it didn't. So let's reconfigure it. Let's figure this out. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, anybody respects that. It's not just teenagers, but we just as humans respect when someone owns their behaviors makes amends on it and figures out how to move forward with it. I think it's important that we live as an example of that to our kids. You're definitely the mentors on the campus. Now you mentioned natural and logical consequences. I think I hear that a lot um, and it does make sense, but Mm -hmm. I don't know as a parent in crisis that I would know what the heck you were talking about. So you want to maybe give me an example of that? Sure. So, um, yeah, natural logical consequences, you want to make sure that it matches whatever it is that you're trying to address. And so a lot of times our families, we have to really work through this because um, families want us just to be able to provide a list of consequences that they get to go home with. Yeah, just um, give me a list. A, <laughs> yeah, book. a yeah. book would be great. Exactly. And I wish I could do that, but it's not that easy. Um, because, again, going back to the boundaries, I don't know what's feasible for you to be able to maintain. You know, because if a kid's grounded— that typically means the family's grounded. So, you know, if a kid can't watch TV, that means no one's watching TV in the living room while, you know, said grounded child is present. Um, And so you've got to be able to um, follow through on whatever you put out there. Um, If you say no car, that means you've got to drive your child around or you got to have a way to get them to their places that they're going. Um, And so, again, is that a punishment or not? we don't want a punishment punishments out of anger, but is that a consequence you're willing to take on too? Um, And so being able to look at the situation and the biggest question to ask is what am I trying to teach them? What do they need to learn? Today's day and age, we want to go right to hurting them back, so to speak, um, by give me that phone, take away that social media, give me that, which in some instances that may be natural and logical. You know, if you asked your child to to take the trash out um, and the reason they never took the trash out was because they were playing on their phone too much, then yeah, they may get to lose the privilege of their phone, but they may also need to clean all the trash cans because now they're going to be stinky before trash day comes again. Well, yeah. Um, so being able to figure those pieces out, but if, you know, the behavior had nothing to do with the phone, then you're not really sending the right message just by taking that away. At that point, you're just trying to kind of get them in their feelings and hurt right. them where it hurts um, versus being able to teach them um, whatever it is that they need to, to learn in the moment. And so being able to slow down and look at, what do they need to learn? And so the first and foremost thing when looking at consequences, are they safe? If they're safe, you've got time. 
Um, so you can get creative and you can think of what is going to be the best way. Um, if you have um, a partner that you are, you know, raising your child with, you want to make sure you consult with the partner too. So you guys are on the same page, um, and coming as a unified front. Um, so it's important to have all those pieces in play. So if a child doesn't wash their clothes, you don't run and wash them for them and have them ready the next morning. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, uh, you know, because what is it that if they're learning at that point? that's their responsibility to wash their clothes and they don't. Exactly. Then they're just going to have to wear whatever they've got that's clean. Or, you know, if there was something that they had and they failed to, um, you know, I'm guilty as charged. I remember coming to my mom late and, you know, by the way, I have this project <laughs> due tomorrow and I need X, Y, and Z. And you're telling it to them at seven o'clock, you know, the night before. It's a consequence of mine that I may not get a good, you know, grade on that project, or I may get in trouble for it. Um, but that starts to teach that lesson of taking responsibility, um, thinking ahead, being proactive, planning. And so, yeah, if I was supposed to wash something, um, and I didn't ask for help and, um, said, Hey, I'm having trouble getting this done or, you know, where the case may be. And it's not my responsibility. It was yours, you know? And so being able to learn what's age appropriate, um, for expectations is important too. So what we've discussed so far, uh, when a child comes home from a treatment program mm -hmm. like like Elk River, um, they should we should have a solid aftercare plan for yes. them. I mean, they should have a solid aftercare plan. Yes. Structure is really important. Yes. Boundaries. Yes. Natural and logical consequences. Yes. Um, is there anything else you can think of? I'm sure there are plenty of other things, but yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of things we can add. Um, going back to w with the structure and the schedule is also making sure that they've got positive activities that they can do, um, that they can build positive peer relationships. That's going to add to keeping them busy, getting some of that energy out. One of the things our clients uh, address in their home safety plan is what's called A, B, and C peers. Um, their A peers, those are the peers that are good for them to be around. Um, those are the peers that everybody's okay with. They're safe. Um, they're productive and positive people for them to be around. B peers are the ones that, for the most part, is a good relationship, but maybe they make some negative choices too, and it's just something to be mindful of. Maybe they've gotten in trouble together or something like that. Um, but has the potential to, you know, be, be an A peer. Um, the C peers, those are the peers that we've got to you know, unfortunately, end those relationships um, because it hasn't been productive. It hasn't been safe. It's added to the problem instead of improving the problem. Um, and so making sure that you've got positive activities to help them build and find new peer relationships is going to be really important, too. Because when they come home, they may not have A peers left. Correct. <laughs> Those parents may say, uh, no, he's a C and you're not hanging out with him. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> They've got that to build is... up trust with the community as well. They do. Yes, very much so. And that should be expected. That's a consequence. Yes, it is. Well, these are some great ideas for families. I really appreciate your time, Amy. I know you're busy. Can't wait to get back to the campus and see those kiddos. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to continuing to work with them. Now, you did say that you were kind of frightened of, of working with kids that age. I mean, have you overcome that? I have. I love working with teenagers now. Um, I can. My own personal counseling style is a little bit more assertive, not quite the stereotype of what you think of, you know, laying back on a couch and just talking, um, you know, like they always depict in the cartoons. Um, and I just love that you can be really honest and assertive with teenagers because that's, you know, that's how they are. Um, they don't want us beating around the bush. And um, as I said in the beginning, um, we 
want to make this as productive and efficient of a process as possible. So I like that I get to be um, a little bit more assertive with the clients and um, let's just get to work and figure out these solutions. Well, they're really lucky to have you. I'm glad you are there and I'm glad you took the time to come to the home office today. Um, And I want to thank everybody else for listening to On Air with Elk River Treatment Program. Um, To learn more about our residential program for teens, you can visit elkrivertreatment.com or you can always email us at info at elkrivertreatment.com. You can also call directly at 866-906-8336. Thanks again and we hope you'll join us next time on air.